Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. And I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we've got a good friend on that we've known for a long time, and he is going to be talking to us about signs from heaven. Do you want to introduce him, Heidi? I would. So his name is Joseph Higgins, also known as Joe, as you can see. Um, So Joe is a medium, an author, a channeler, and an intuitive counselor. He has written five books, and his latest book is called Always Connected for Those Who Have Lost Children, Children Give Signs and Insights from Heaven. Welcome to the show, Joe. Thanks for having me on. It's nice seeing you again. It's been a few years. It has. It's it's great having you on. I I wanted to give a a quick rundown for people because I want to get into your mediumship and, and what you do and how you connect. So I, so I know um, as a child, I remember uh, your dad died. And uh, how old were you when your dad died? I was 13. You were 13. And one of the signs I remember, as I remember it, that you used to get from it was cigar smoke. That's no. correct. <laughs> I remember yes. that. And I remember your mother told you, I, I think you started receiving kind of some signs from your dad. We'll get into that. But later on, your mother told you about your grandmother. Yeah, just, you know, just she was she was knitting at the time. And she mentioned that people used to come and visit, visit my grandmother. And uh, she used to tell them things, used to tell them things. Yeah. And I was like, oh, gee, why don't you tell me that 20 years ago? What I'm hearing is that Joe's grandmother was an intuitive person. Is that true, Joe? Yes. And- you know, I think. From what I hear and understand, it runs in families, and okay. I think um, a lot of people intuitive, a lot of children are very intuitive. Um, some people expand on it over the years. Some people just don't necessarily want to, to make it too powerful or connect with it. It scares them for whatever reasons. But it's very interesting because children, um, it's easier for them to send signs when they've crossed over. Like we, we were talking about my dad, when he crossed over, he was an adult. But what I found out when writing this book is these children love to con- contact their parents, their schoolmate. When was your first intuitive experience yourself? When did eight you years know? old. Seven or eight years old. Okay. Seven or eight years old, you said? Yeah. I, we, we, we were staying down on Cape Cod at a, at a house of rental, and uh, I was sleeping in this, uh, a bedroom, and I felt there was a presence in the room, and it just wouldn't go away. And then I, I felt that it was a female, and I felt that she was an older female. So that's when I was placenting. I, I had actually, right off the bat, began to pick up gender types and ages. So you had those experiences. And when did you decide you were going to dedicate yourself to this, and it was really going to be part of your, who you were or your work or, you know? Uh, in my mid-30s, I decided that a lot of the stuff that I have, I, I needed to get out and I needed to pursue it. I had questions, so I wanted to uh, seek out some answers. And as I, I did it, it, it became more natural. And I realized that no matter what, this is what I'm here for. And to, um, to help people bring some peace, relieve some suffering, and 
I do it well. So I figured, you know, it would be, it would be wrong not to do it. So I know you've written these other books. The last one you did was for the military. So how did you decide to move on to a children's book? Tell me, to helping parents. I originally started on the children's book. And then um, because a few uh, soldiers were killed in Afghanistan um, and it was on page like eight or 10 of the newspaper, I was like, listen, I got to do something now. So I put the kid's book on the back burner and did the veteran's book first because and, you know, it was probably meant to be because the vet, uh, children's book is written similar to the veteran's book, meaning there are some really hard questions that I wanted to ask that no one else is asking, you know, uh, things that people want to know, but they're afraid to ask. Um, and, but I also added the sign stories, too, to show that the children are still around us and still involved in our lives. And... Um, they know what's so going on. Your children's book, what are, can you give us a couple of questions that are hard that people are afraid to ask? One of the biggest things is guilt. A lot of people have guilt with the passing of a child. Mm -hmm. Would have, could have, should have done this, could have done that. What it comes down to is a child has extreme power. We think of a child as just a small little baby or or even uh, you know, someone in their 20s that doesn't have life experiences. They're spiritual beings like we are, it's just that we're more aged. Um, so they have their own path to go and, and they develop, they have certain reasons to be here. So it's important for them, for us to realize that. So when it comes to guilt, parents, the, the main thing is parents or people that have children, not just parents, you know, people that raise children, they have no control over the passing of their children. They may think they do, but they don't. Mm -hmm. There's very, very few circumstances where they might, and that those are extreme and they're very complex. But I don't care if there's a parent that picks up a son at hockey practice and he's drunk and, he, and they get into a car accident and that son has passed away. There is more going on in the bigger picture than that parent understands. I know it's a tough concept to understand, but it, 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 we're all interconnected and we all play different roles and parents do not have control over the passing of their child. And, and it is important, I think, for parents to understand this because often parents do blame themselves. They think, if I was a good parent, I would keep my children safe. Soul groups we travel in, a lot of times, especially in car accidents, we'll see multiple children passing at once. A lot of times there are, there are agreements on a soul level to do that. Mm. Especially with families, when you have a brother and a sister or two best friends that cross over, or in your case, um, you know, a, a son and cousin or a brother and cousin or something like that. It's not unusual that at some point they had something going on on a soul level. Wow. Um, it's amazing. It's, it's just people can also cross into different soul groups. And I don't want to get too complex because there's a lot of stuff in the book and it's, it takes on a lot of different things. but. The main thing is there's more going on than people understand. There's more interactions and um, it, it plays out like that. So, so and, and the, kids, the kids come through and they talk about this stuff with the guilt. Mom, they're like, mom, don't be guilty, come on. Because it's tough for them to come through and send signs if we are suffering ourselves to the point where we're kind of blocking things out. Yeah, talk so, about that, about um, how people can get signs. A lot of things when you want to get a sign, if you believe that it's possible, 
I'm not saying you have it all figured out in math or something. Just believe that it's possible and open yourself up to the possibility. That's a great way to invite um, the kids to come through and sit in science. And the lighter you are, it's easier for them. One of the stories a little girl brought through was, I can get through to dad when he's listening to music or when he's doing something. And, 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 and that's almost like I call it a active meditation. If you're gardening or if you're focused on something, you're kind of daydreaming, but you're still here. It's easy for them to get through. But if she tries to contact her mom and her mom's having a bad day and, you know, is crying and very depressed, it's like a dense, thick wall that she has to go through. So they want us to talk about the fun times. They want us to talk about the make us laugh or silly times. That raises the energy. It's much easier to come through. So invite them in, and sometimes they'll come through in our dreams, but you have to invite them in and be open to the possibility. That's And thank them once you do get something. I like because that. I know we, we like all that. have doubt. We all have doubt, like, oh, was that that? Was that that? And they're sitting up there, all right, I got to repeat this three times. And they're just, uh, and they're very good at giving signs. They can be very clever. We and get, they get to give. We get dimes in the weirdest places, on seats in New York City on the cab. Uh, I, I play golf on the sidewalk at the, you know, driving my golf cart, there's a dime on the ground. Heather, I think, just found two dimes and, uh, the other day. Two dimes, it makes sense. Because they will continue to use the same signs once you make the connection. They're not going to reinvent the wheel. That's They're going to say, all right, she gets the dimes, we'll keep sending them. Oh. You know? Yeah, they, well, my grandkids get the dimes. They didn't even know him. It doesn't you know? make any difference because the kids don't. Listen, my, my old girlfriend, her husband, Pat, when he had passed, he sends quarters. And I uh -huh. said to Nita, and I said to Nita, I said, one thing about Jay, he's not cheap. You know? <laughs> and then I started finding them too all over the place. And it's like, it's just wonderful when people share their stories. That's why there's over 40 stories in the book that are uh -huh. so much, just so fantastic that the kids send their moms and um, to let them know. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. It's so crazy. Yes. And they're very clever, and they're, uh, it does bring a smile to your face. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it, it, it's a bigger picture going on. There's a lot of stuff going on before we come here. We have a lot of free will, so everything's not you know, in stone. We do have – we can make our own mistakes, but um, there are certain reasons why we do come here and we try to accomplish some of those things. And I think, you know – I think the whole deal going on with you and Heidi and, and your son and, um, and, and everyone, it, there's a really tight connection there because the energy you guys are creating throughout the world with your organization is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, it's all connected. It's amazing. Well, and we get to meet these amazing people like you and form really significant and tight, you know, strong connections pretty quickly. Because we're all in the same vibration, you know? I think we're also probably in the same soul groups because we, when we meet, we, we seem to connect really quickly, like you said. And um, there's like a natural uh, uh, connection there. And that's how you can tell people that are in your soul groups. Because you become fast friends, even if you meet them like in college or at work or something, and you're just really tight with them. Chances are that you had a lot of stuff going on um, planned out before you got here. 
Carolyn Mace, I used to teach for her, if you know Carolyn, and she used to say that you have contracts with some people and you don't have contracts with other people, so don't worry about when it doesn't work out with some people, and your contract may be over. Yeah. It's true, and you know something, and we have, they're more like life plans, the contracts are individually, life plans, we have choices with a free will, um, but you will be put in that position with someone that you traveled here with or comes after or before. And that's the thing about a child, you know, they'll, some of us are already here before they're born. Others come after they're already born. And, you know, it's like a train, people coming on, they're leaving, they, their station comes up and people come and go in the lifetimes, but life is continuous. It's not literal like we think from like point A to point B. And that's what gets us in trouble. That's what gets us in trouble. We think like, you know, age zero to a hundred, life and death. It doesn't work that way, you know? Well, and, and we it's think they should have lived longer. They yeah. Did, they, they left. I mean, what, what is it? It's like a competition. They haven't finished their life when actually we don't, we don't have that. Yeah. That's a good point, Heidi, because a lot of people think they haven't finished their life. A lot of them came here just to do one or two things. And this might be someone that's lost at birth. Okay. They might have done that, that particular uh, incarnation, because there's something that's going to affect the parents later on down the road because of the loss of that child. So you can be 80 years old and you can be seven years old and you can still teach the same lessons to people. And I used there's a great analogy they showed me with a, showing a little girl how to ride a bike and showing an old man how to walk in a walker. Mm -hmm. And they're both teaching lessons and there's a 75 year gap. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at the physicalness as opposed to the relationship between the individual spirit child or an adult. It doesn't make any difference. It's just the outfits we wear we just age into these different outfits. So the main thing is we're still connected. What and, about, yeah, well, let me ask you, what about the questions that we hear so often, Heidi and I are both therapists from parents who feel bad they didn't get to say goodbye. You know, they wanted to know they love them. Um, they, you know, they just want to hear that and they want to know they're okay. What is your thought about all that? Well, that's another big thing. That's one of the reasons why they try to send the signs to let them know that they're okay. And, and we know that usually after a crossing, there's a, lot of, uh, um, there's a lot of physiological things going on and a lot of times signs can't come through. So they'll send signs to friends or relatives or colleagues to get those signs through to the other person. Um, they are there. They know exactly how you feel when they cross. Um, if, if someone's in California and someone crosses, let's say in Kansas city, they have the ability to, uh, be with that person, even though, um, it's a geographical distance. So a child, first of all, a child is never alone when they pass, never alone. They don't go into, into any weird space or anything like that. They are greeted automatically. And actually the younger we are, when we pass, it's much more easy to acclimate to the other side because we have less baggage. By the time we get older, we get so much different psyche stuff going on in us, like you guys, keeps you guys in business, that, you know, it kind of screws up our, 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 our soul-body connection. But um, the younger the child and stuff, it's a lot more easy for the transition. 
But a lot of times, yeah, they are definitely met with at least one person, most likely like two or three people. They know when they are coming. If for some reason a child passes violently, they have already put into plans who will meet that child, even though the exact determination of the passing has not been worked out because there's free will involved. But they know a passing is imminent and they are there to uh, accept the child with love and to uh, whatever's ne necessary at that time when they cross over. So they're never alone. Just one, one more thing. One last question I've got. I've got to ask you this. What, but what if you're a miscarriage or a baby? I mean, you have an adult spirit. I mean, how can you, how can you communicate? You know, you have a baby. Well, because that's, that's the big concept is they're not children. You think it's a baby who can't talk, but actually it's a spiritual being that, um, that has a lot of, uh, complex, but, uh, they're mature. They're spiritually mature even though they might have only been here for 10 minutes, okay. you know? So that's the main thing. People think like, oh, it's a baby, you know, it can't do anything. That baby might have more, you know, like the expression we hear in old soul, sometimes we see a seven, eight year old, a 10 year old, and they're drawing Rembrandt and, you know, playing, you know, writing music and things like that, or they just have a, because they learned it on the other side and they bring it here. That's one of the things they do on the other side. While we're hanging out here, they're learning a lot of different things. They learn music, they learn trades. But when, if they do want to come back to the side, they will have that aptitude. That's why some people are born with these aptitudes and you wonder where, how, why is this person so good with tools? Why is this person so good with art? It's because they've been developing it on the other side. But one more really important thing I want to bring out is when you pass, you will see your child. You will see your child at the time that they left. And you will, if you want to, live that entire life with them until old age, if you want to do that. So people always talk about missing out on milestones. You will not. You will live through everything. If they die like, you know, and they're 10 years old, you're going to have to go through the terrible teens. You're going to have to go through everything else because that's part of the deal. You can step into that timeline and live it totally out with them. Oh my gosh, that's, that's, that is really a unique and interesting concept. I'm going to be interested in having people get your book and getting it myself. Could you uh, give the name of the book again and tell people where to find it and find you? The book is Always Connected for Those Who Have Lost Children. Children give insights and signs from heaven. They can get it on Amazon. They can find me on my website, joehiggins.com. And we, you know... I'd love to talk to people. I love talking about this whole subject because that what I just told you about reliving the life with them came from a 11-year-old girl named Carla on the other side who taught me that. I love it. Well, Joe, thank you so much, and it's so great to see you again. Joe, thank you for everything that you're doing to give people hope after loss. Thank you so much, and thank you guys for having me. And thanks, everybody, for joining us today. And Heidi and I, and I'm sure Joe, always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own, and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation. 
where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.